Hi, I'm Jeroen van der Hoeve. And I'm Alan Higgins. And our guest today is uh, Rory Mullen from the IDA Ireland. Um, and the IDA, the Irish Development Agency, is Ireland's peak body for promoting and supporting inwards investment, uh, responsible for supporting multinational corporations, setting up um, manufacturing, research and development, and service-led organizations in Ireland. Rory is current head of the Biopharma and Food Division at IDA Ireland and has a long career in innovation, product design, and in management. And among other educational qualifications, Rory is a UCDB-COM graduate. Rory, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, and the question that we'll be talking about today is, why Ireland? Um, why Ireland for inbound tech investment? And more specifically, what's the IDA's impact on making it all happen? Sure, very happy to join you, thanks. And um, the. I mean, IDA has been around about 70 years now, but uh, in its current form, about 50 years, it was set up as an independent agency. And that was very much around the time that Ireland opened up. After we got independence in 1920, we were a very closed economy. We were concentrating on becoming self-efficient, breaking away from the... The, uh, the, 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 the United Kingdom. In the 60s, we really started to open up and we felt it was uh, appropriate to, uh, to, to set up an independent agency to partner with, with overseas companies because we had a very underdeveloped industrial infrastructure at that time. And over the last 50 years or so, we've gone from being one of the most closed economies in Europe to along with, with, with Singapore being one of the most open economies in the world. So uh, we do feel we've had a, one of the joys of working for the IDA is the impact that you feel that you can have on developing the economic development of your own country. Our mission is to partner with overseas companies to uh, bring investments for the economic and the social benefit of the people of Ireland. So it's quite an altruistic mission. And our vision is to be the best agency at doing that in the world. And I think we have been somewhat successful in that. Yeah, that's a, that's a very it's interesting how that's uh, how the IDA developed over the years. Um, and would you say that the IDA um, is unique in doing that for for countries such as Ireland or are there other agencies that also do this in different countries? We were one of the first countries to do it. We have been very active um, in the developing world in 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 helping other countries set up uh, um, set up uh, agencies and policies and, pr and procedures to attract investment as well. I experienced that when I was working in Prague in the Czech Republic. There were ex-IDA people helping to set up Czech Invest. Um, I myself personally have worked in Bahrain developing an industrial park and an industrial strategy for the, the Kingdom of Bahrain to attract international investment. Um, most, if not all, European countries have uh, economic development agencies. I think we're one of the most proactive and one of the we partnership with 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 our overseas companies. When when a company is considering Ireland, in normal times, what we do is we we draw up a draft itinerary for them. We'd meet them at the airport. We'd travel around with them for three or four days to show them potential locations. Go out to dinner with them, have a beer with them. A lot of other agencies might just send them a list of potential partners. So we're very proactive. We're 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 very hands on, and we're finding as a result we're finding this pandemic very very difficult because it's really effective affecting the way we do our business. Yeah, I can imagine that, um, that there are certain ways of doing business that may also make Ireland stand out from other countries. And in regards to that, what, what do you think that Ireland, what makes Ireland stand out from the rest of Europe as an uh, offshoring or outsourcing destination? I think it's people. 
um, the most of the the it is most of the, the the business we attract isn't really outsourcing. Particularly if you look at the tech side, it's uh, mainly from America, and those companies are looking at Europe and saying, "Okay, how do we develop and manage and build a business in Europe?" So they're looking at the the 27 member countries of the EU. They're saying, well, how do we do this? We obviously need to have some people in each market, but can we centralize some activities and and, and can we do that? Um, so it it really is we 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 are trying to win business that is coming to Europe. When the the the, the when President Trump came in with this more protectionist regime um, four years ago, the people were saying, oh look, the, oh all the farm, a big farm is going to go back, and the tech companies are going to go back. And we were never really worried because the pharmaceutical companies that are here um, have invested billions of dollars in the ground for for, for, for for groundbreaking manufacturing facilities. So they're not things you can move easily. America can make itself more attractive to win future investments, um, and that and that and that's the the, the, the nature of a of our global capitalist economy. You know, you have to be competitive. You have to win business, and we're very happy to 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 fight, and we we're we're, we're confident we win our fair share. And in the tech space, if you look at the thousands of people that Google or Facebook or LinkedIn or Microsoft, they're people that need to be in the European time zone. They need to be able to communicate with and relate to all of the people of Europe. So we have Ireland has the youngest population in Europe. Um, we've just under half of the population are under 35. We've the lowest median age in Europe. We've 15% of our population, sorry, 20% of our population is, is, is under 14, you know, so that's going to continue into the future. We also though, have a hugely diverse multinational workforce, which is, which is a, a, a lot different than when I entered the workforce 30 years ago. But now about 17% of the population of the working population are born outside of Ireland. And that's even higher in the, the in the, the, the overseas companies where the figure is actually about 22%. So approaching a quarter of all of the population is young, born somewhere else, uh, and is very able to manage and develop that sort of business for the tech companies. I'll just chip in there for a second. You said they don't view it as a sourcing um, or an outsourcing strategy. And yet once they're in Ireland, they are sourcing a lot of their goods and services and their ancillary activities from local providers, aren't they? Well, there is. There's a huge benefit. We've uh, about uh, 12% of the, the population is directly employed by IDA companies. Our planning departments tell us there's about half, and there's about another another quarter of a million people um, that are uh, directly created as a result of that. I think that's actually a bit low. Some some uh, other countries and jurisdictions use a, a higher multiplier, but it's certainly at least uh, the, the, the impact of a quarter of the working population is, is related to those investments. And particularly on the we still win a lot of manufacturing in the, 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 the medical device manufacturing, uh, pharmaceuticals, particularly on the biologics manufacturing, and they have a very deep impact on the economy. But all of those thousands of young people from all over Europe working in Dublin and Cork and Galway have a massive impact on on the theatres, the cinemas, the restaurants, the pubs. You know, it, it just and it gives a it's it's self-fulfilling you know it, it gives a buzz to the place that makes it more attractive people would say that if you're you know if you're if you're growing up in in in, in Lyon or or, 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 or or Stuttgart and you want to work in the tech industry Dublin is one of the easiest places you can come for to 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 to, to, to help your English to have a, a a nice place to live we we consistently are very score very highly in uh, the, uh, the quality of life in the country as well. Yeah, it's good to hear that um, 
not only it's it's beneficial for the companies to be in Ireland, but also for um, people across the world to to move to Ireland to to find uh, a job here and also uh, a very good life. And in respect to that, do you think that direct investments from from multinational companies actually uh, contribute to making places? such as Ireland or Dublin itself, a better place to work and live? I think so. I think attracting, partnering with overseas companies to attract foreign investment has always been a part of our economic development strategy. As I said, when we started it really in the, the, the 60s, we were we were certain, you know, along with Albania, we're probably the poorest country in Europe. And that is an important part of our mix. We're a small island off an island off the coast of Europe. We have to, we have to earn money from outside of the country. We do that in probably four different ways. We uh, have a very successful agricultural sector uh, developing and, and, and exporting agricultural products. And that's still very, very important to us. And very, we have a very important rural um, agricultural uh, economy. We're obviously a very attractive tourist location. So tourism is, a, is another source of, uh, of, of, of foreign earnings. Um, we have a a sister agency called Enterprise Ireland, which implements the government's policy in developing Irish companies and trying to internationalize them, making sure they have the finance, the access to technology and the access to markets so that they can develop. And then the fourth pillar is really the foreign direct investment, which in our case is quite large, but it has been very, very successful for us. It's helped us transform from one of the poorest to one of the richest economies in Europe from one of the most closed economies in the world to one of the most open. So I think we are, it, it is certainly continues to be a large part of our governmental strategy to have that fourth pillar. You, if you, I'm sure as you all chat, as you've all come to Dublin and as you, as you, as you're chatting to people, if you chat to anyone in Ireland, they're likely to have a family member or a friend who's working for a multinational company. It's a part of our economy. There's no real xenophobia there. There isn't talk about there's no we're we're the most we the most committed Europeans. Um, although we we have a, a huge influx of people from all over Europe and all over the world every year, we haven't seen any of the the far right xenophobic parties develop here that has happened elsewhere. So I think it's just seen we really have embraced probably as a result of being the the, 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 the little brother or sister to, to the UK for so long. We are relishing our independence and our openness and our global nature. Yeah, in, re in regards to that, um, that relationship, the special relationship that you have with the UK, um, obviously there's been a lot of talk about the UK's relationship with Europe uh, over the past few years. Um, and now they've officially left Europe as well. Do you think that Ireland's international position will change due to the Brexit or uh, has changed already? It has certainly has changed already. We've already won about, we've identified over the last couple of years, about 90 of the individual investment products, projects that we have won have been directly as a result of Brexit. Most of those in regulated sectors, the vast majority in financial services, uh, some in, uh, in the pharmaceutical manufacturing uh, as well, because again, very regulated and companies in addition the UK market is always going to be important to global companies in its own right. It's one of the top 10 economies in the world, but they will need to be able to, to manage their European business as well. So that has given us opportunities. The UK is our closest international friend and ally. Um, we think the same way. We're probably a little bit more orientated towards uh, the US rather than to, to, to you know, than, than, than some of our mainland European colleagues. 
together with other business friendly locations uh, such as the Netherlands and Luxembourg, we would we would have been on, at, at the same side of the negotiating table a lot of times in the European Union. So we would much prefer if the UK had stayed in the European Union. That being said, we they, they have decided to leave and we'll move on with, with without them. But we also will maintain and develop our very, very close relationship with the UK. We have a common travel area with the UK, a sort of mini Schengen just for Ireland and the UK that predates the European Union. Um, if I, I can, I can, I can move across to the to Manchester tomorrow. I can immediately sign on for social welfare benefits. I can immediately sign on to vote. I can go, or my kids could go and, and go to Sandhurst and become officers in the British Army if they wanted to. We have that very close relationship with the UK. We visit free travel within our within the the, the, the two countries. So we're anxious to, to 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 maintain that and to develop that. They're still our closest friends. And the six counties in the north of Ireland has the benefit of being the dual benefit of being part of the UK market and part of the European single market, which hopefully will, will, will help their economic development as well. If I could add, I think Ireland has had a traditional role sort of in the Atlantic between Europe and America, kind of a mediating role, uh, a bridge point, let's say. And um, in a similar way, I think it's now occurring between the United Kingdom and Ireland and Europe and etc. It's got that kind of connections. The Irish attitude to making connections, I think, comes to the fore, may well come to the fore here. Yeah, and I think um, a big part of Ireland is because they uh, acknowledge that they're a small island, as you just said, Rory. Um, I think they also acknowledge the fact that they are dependent on other economies to also uh, maintain a good relationship with them. Absolutely. Um, all right. Thank you very much. Um, I think with that comment, uh, we can end this part of the podcast. Um, I just want to say, Rory, thank you very much for, for joining us today. Um, we really appreciate, appreciate you taking the time to uh, not only explain the attractiveness of Ireland for foreign investment, but also um, what makes Ireland so special. Um, and I think we can all agree that it's um, not only resilience, um, adaptiveness, but also as you said many times, uh, the people of Ireland that make Ireland so special. Um, so thank you very much. And um, well, we hope to see you again one day. You're very welcome.